But, uh, it's good. All right, please uh, take your Bibles today, and we're going to open them up and look at uh, a couple of passages of Scripture. Uh, I won't be too long on this, uh, but what is Christian education? That's the title of the message today. So when you hear Calvary Christian School Sunday or Christian Education Sunday, you might think right away, oh, they're going to promote the school again. Uh, well, no. Uh, what we're going to try to do today is promote an understanding in our church family for support of the philosophy of Christian education. So Christian education is more than Calvary Christian School. Christian education is in the home. It is the responsibility of the father and of the mother, the parents, uh, to bring their children up. And then if they decide to partner together with other parents, um, many times they go beyond what is known as homeschooling, and sometimes they open that up and they extend themselves into a partnership of homeschooling families called a co-op. Um, and then sometimes they get together and they decide that they want to have a Christian school. And so that's what Calvary Baptist Church did in 1977. So what would be my motive today? Well, it would be to encourage a partnership uh, with the school, the, the staff, and uh, to really encourage your participation. You might think that you're off the hook since you've already raised your kids and they, they've graduated from high school or maybe, uh, you know, they're married and they're out on their own. And so now you don't have anything to do. Well, let me tell you, I'm not going to let you off the hook that easy today. Uh, it's like uh, about a month ago, I was over in Marina at a pastor's conference and uh, I couldn't believe the message that the, the speaker was preaching to a group of pastors. It was about love your wives and uh, he got us all laughing. He said, you know, the, the, the scripture admonishes you husbands to love your wives. And we're all sitting there like, yeah, okay, we preach that. We know that. I mean, yeah, okay, what's new about that? And uh, he said, well, you know what? He said, uh, you wouldn't believe how many pastors will say, well, she's not a very good wife. I really don't want to love her. And he said, well, okay, so then the Bible commands you to love your brother in the Lord pastors got to thinking, okay, well, yeah. Well, then some pastors are like, well, maybe she's not a very good Christian, so I really don't want to love her. And uh, he's like, well, you know, the scripture says that you have to love your neighbor as yourself. And uh, so the pastors are sitting there going, okay, where's this going? You know, right. And so then he says, finally, if you think that she's not even a very good neighbor, the scripture says, love your enemies. He said, you can't tell me she's not a good enemy. <laughs> he says, guys, there's no way out of it. You have to love your wife. Well, there's no way out of this message today for you. All right? This is about Christian education. And all of you at some level need to be involved in Christian education. So what is my motive? Well, it's to encourage partnership and to share that philosophy. Now, it's not to, um, to criticize but rather to encourage and engage you. Now, Paul commanded uh, Timothy to be a faithful minister and to put his people in remembrance of these things. So since 1977, we've had a Christian school. You might think that's obvious, but you would be surprised. Last week, um, I had somebody walk up and say, we have a Christian school? Yes, we do. 
So you need to restate the obvious at least once a month uh, for it to be obvious. And so this is why Paul told Timothy um, to put them in remembrance. He also told the Corinthians this. He says, examine yourselves whether you be in the faith. Prove your own selves. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5. So it's good every once in a while to go back and to ask some obvious questions and to remind ourselves of those answers. And so today, uh, as we go through this, uh, the big idea is be involved in Christian education. It's not just Calvary Christian School that we want you to be involved in. You don't have to have your kids here in Calvary Christian School. Uh, you don't even have to be a parent to be involved in Christian education. Uh, you can be involved in education in many ways, and we'll share that today. Um, so what is Christian education? That's the question that we want to answer today. And uh, we'll answer that from the Scriptures. But first of all, Christianity um, is a system of certain basic truths, all right? These are three basic truths that as Christians that we all hold to. Number one is that God created, and He created people. Uh, he created us in His image, Genesis 1:27. In the image of God created He them, male and female. But in Genesis 3, there's a major human event that takes place. It's called the fall. And when Adam and Eve chose to rebel and sin against God, then they passed their sin nature down to you and me. And we're born sinners. Uh, David said that he was conceived in sin. Now, not meaning that his mother was an immoral woman, meaning that from the moment that he was conceived, he had a sin nature. And so people don't sin and then become sinners. They sin because they have a sin nature. And that's passed down to them, Romans chapter 5. And so that image of God then was marred in every single person. But here's the good news. And this is the third point of basic Christian truth. That God, in the person of Jesus Christ, His beloved Son, has given you an opportunity to be created anew in the image of God. And that's God's goal for every Christian, is to be more and more found to be in the image of His Son. So if you take your Bibles for just a moment and go to Romans chapter 8, verse 29... I want you to look at that verse. It tells us that uh, we are predestined to look like God's Son. This is God's predetermined plan that when He's done with us, we look like Jesus. So Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of a son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So we want to look like Jesus Christ. Now, if you're thinking ahead and anticipating where's the message going, and that's going to be a key verse as to what Christian education is. Well, here's one quote 
um, from a book that I read this week. Christian education is the instruction of believers in general and children in particular that places a high value upon the knowledge of God and his works. Now, not just to know about God, but to actually know God. Right? We might know certain facts about the President of the United States, but we really don't know the President of the United States. Um, I had an opportunity this week to get away with my wife, and uh, towards uh, our return trip home, we stopped in at the Nixon Library. And when you think of President Nixon, what's the one thing you remember about President Nixon? Watergate. Do you know that he created the EPA, that he created OSHA, that he put into a practice Title IX, that he desegregated the schools? Did you know all of that? And so as I was thinking about that, it's like, wow, I didn't really know all of this about President Nixon. All I knew was Watergate, right? And that was there too, very prominently displayed. But it's not just knowing about God. It's actually knowing God, knowing him personally. And so this is a, a definition that I want you to, to keep there in front of you for just a minute. Um, but from the moment a child is born, there are certain influences that are working um, to influence that child's development. Really, as we live, there are influences that are trying to persuade us and to develop us one way or another. Take your Bibles and let's go here to this passage, 2 Timothy 3.15. 2 Timothy 3.15. Now, Timothy was a, a young pastor and uh, First and Second Timothy and Titus are known as pastoral letters, letters that Paul wrote to young pastors on how to help them uh, to be a good pastor. And this is something that Paul knew about Timothy. Uh, it says here in verse 15 that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Now, Timothy is a Greek name, Timotheus, uh, which means to honor God. His father was Gentile or Greek, but his mother was Jewish and his grandmother was Jewish. And these two ladies, from the time that little Timothy was born, started teaching him the Bible. So that was that influence on his life the influence of a godly mother and a godly grandmother, teaching him the Bible from the time that he was a little child. My earliest memories in my life are toddling out of my bedroom, going to find my mom early in the morning and finding her either with her Bible open and a notebook, journaling her time with the Lord, or finding her on her knees praying. Those are my earliest memories. And sitting there, Mom, what are you doing? I'm spending time with God this morning. And the godly heritage of looking back through the years, there's just stacks of notebooks 
uh, of her time with the Lord. I was just back to see my dad, celebrated his 90th birthday. My mom passed away five years ago, but he still has her stacks of uh, devotionals down in the basement. And what an encouragement. One of my last memories of my mother was uh, she was suffering dementia uh, severely. And uh, she had been a student of the Bible her whole life. She had a ladies' Bible group uh, on a weekly basis, sometimes up to 50 women. And I can remember all of the kids that would just run around and they would take turns watching us. And we were little Tasmanian devils. And, um, but I can just remember all of the hours that she spent in the Bible. And I came down a few years before she passed away and she was suffering from dementia. And I said, Mom, what are you reading today? And I think she was in King's. And she says, oh, I'm reading this very exciting book. And I think it was Second Kings. And she says, I don't know that I've ever read it before. And uh, I'm like thinking to myself, well, yes, you have. So then I looked down and looked at her notes. And she was just copying word for word into her notebook. That's all she could do at that time. But that's my last memory of my mother. And so what a beautiful memory to have. From childhood to my adult life of my mother and that influence on my life. Are you influencing your children with your life? Do they see your relationship with the Lord from their earliest days? So Christian education then is the directing of an ongoing process of development towards some very specific objectives that God has for you and for your children. 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory both now and forever. Amen. An objective of Calvary Christian School is to help our students grow in grace. An objective in your home is to teach your children to grow in grace. 2 Corinthians 3.18, that as we're in the Bible, we are changed from glory unto glory. And so the word of God is his glory. And when we read the Bible, we are influenced and we change and we are conformed to look like Jesus. So the big idea is that we be involved in Christian education So what is Christian education? Well, uh, it's really that influencing of that ongoing process, but influencing for some very specific goals. To know God, to grow in grace. So who is involved then in Christian education? That was our previous question. So here's the two answers. The home is involved in Christian education, and the church is involved in Christian education. So here's how you don't get out of this today. Let's go to Ephesians 6. In verse 4. So Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. But Galatians, I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Do you know how Paul writes his letters? He starts out with doctrine in the first few chapters. And then he ends each book by putting that doctrine into practical use. And so in Ephesians, I mean, he starts out with some very lofty doctrine, but he ends up with some very practical instruction. In chapter 5, 
He talks about the marriage relationship, what's the responsibility of the husband, what's the responsibility of the wife. In chapter 6, he talks about what's the responsibility of the father to the children. So let's look at this in verse 4. And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I think you heard Rick say that a few minutes ago. Bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. So if you're a father, it's your responsibility to nurture your children's spiritual development. You're a teacher. Even though you may not have the gift of teaching, you have the responsibility to teach your children spiritual truth, to know God, to grow in grace. That's your job. And so this is the home. This is why we say... We're just partnering with the families in our community, whether they're in our church or in our community. They're Christian families. They want a Christian education. Well, we're going to partner with the home. But it's the first priority. Christian education is the first priority of the Christian home. Uh, let's go over to 2 Timothy once again. And uh, we're going, this time we're going to chapter 1 and verse 5. So 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. Also, is when I call to remember it's the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that is in thee also. So, how many generations are listed there? Three grandmother, mother, grandchild. That's effective faith transfer. That's what you should aim for as a Christian home. You're a believer. Your kids are believers. Your grandkids are believers. My dad is 90 now. There are four generations alive. And it's a joy to see four generations believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Nine grandkids, 11 great-grandchildren. And uh, most of them are believers, and it's a great joy. And uh, matter of fact, the party was held at the church, right? And the, and the kids were familiar with the church, and they were just running like it was home. And uh, so praise the Lord for that. But here, Paul is convinced of genuine faith that was in the grandmother, and then in the mother, and then it is also in Timothy. So this is the home. So parents are responsible for their children and charged with an educational task. Transfer it down to the next and the succeeding generations. So this is a biblical mandate. And so you must be dedicated, you must be consecrated to that kind of work. All right, then it says here the church is involved. All right, let's go to the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. What's the first word in verse 20? What is it? Teaching. The church has a responsibility to be a teaching church. 
Teaching is an activity of education. To ensure that teaching took place in the church, he gave a spiritual gift. Some have it. It's called the gift of teaching. Pastors have it. Other people have it as well. I'm thankful for Rick. He has the gift of teaching. I'm thankful for Debbie and Janice and Cheryl and Kate. Uh, These are our Christian school teachers. They have the gift of teaching. I'm thankful for others in our ministry. I know uh, Janine is back there right now teaching children's church. Lisa has been involved in that. Beth has been involved in that. Beth's also one of our teachers. And so praise the Lord for the gift of teaching. And so the church has a responsibility to be a teaching church and to teach them all things, to obey all things whatsoever he has commanded us, verse 20. So this is that responsibility of the New Testament church. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2 and verse 2, um, the scripture says that Timothy... The things that you've learned from me, I want you to commit to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. There's an effective faith transfer from Paul to Timothy to faithful men to others also. Why do we have a church today? Because someone was faithful to the objective of teaching truth. That's a blessing. Someone has continued that cycle. Someone has been involved in that activity in Christian education. So we all need to be involved in this. All right, now here we're going to turn this message to a practical side and not have so much scripture here. But how can you be involved in Christian education? Well, first of all, we need to support the home. Um, the family that educates at home, all right? Home is where it begins. Now, I know we have some homeschooling families. They, they were here this morning. Uh, they had their children in Sunday school. And so I'm delighted. I, I really enjoy teaching children. It's kind of fun. We were learning about Judas today, and we took a paper plate, and we cut out a circle, and it had, you know, all of the highlights of the lesson on the back of it. We put that on the inside of the plate, and they turned the plate upside down, and on the plain side of the plate, they uh, cut out some uh, lips and some ears. They got to draw the eyes and the nose, and they got to put the hair on there. And So that whole point was Judas was a hypocrite. He was acting to be a disciple of Jesus and so, you know, we really got into it, you know, and uh, one of the illustrations in the lesson was, you know, uh, take a snotty tissue and say, is this a treasure? What should we do with this? You know, keep it in our drawer or should we throw it away? Well, like sin, we need to throw sin and get it out of our lives, but Judas didn't do that. And so then we put a little green booger on our paper plate, you know, and so we're just having fun at that. Now you know why I like teaching children, Right. I could still be a kid. But uh, we were just having so much fun. Hopefully that's not what they bring home to their parents. <laughs> okay. But uh, we had a great time. But uh, supporting the home and uh, support families that mutually cooperate. Some cannot afford to send their children here. Um, maybe that's not God's will for them to have their children here. 
we need to support them. Uh, in my last ministry that I was involved in, in, in Pleasant Hill, uh, we had, uh, I think, three or four families that worked together in a homeschooling co-op. And then they connected with uh, many other families in the community. And uh, we supported and encouraged them. Uh, the Christian school that we were involved with up in Antioch opened their standardized testing so that the homeschooling families could send their kids to take the standardized testing just to make sure that they were on track grade-wise and so that the parents could then give a proper uh, assessment of themselves as a teacher and to know what were the weaknesses and what they were doing as teachers. And so we supported them in, in that way. Did you know that you can be involved in Christian education if you have your children involved in a public school? You have your work cut out for you. I don't believe that's ideal, and I'll share with you why in just a minute. But for, I think, four or five years in my last ministry, we went to Hidden Lakes Elementary School in Martinez, California. Uh, 700 kids that we were able to invite to a Good News Bible Club after school on Friday. Sometimes we had 20 children in that Good News Club, and we got to teach them about God. And yes, we got to do it in a public school classroom, and it was exciting. I had one parent, actually it was a grandparent, who wrote me a letter during the summer, and it said, I just want you to know that my grandson, I believe his name was Brady, uh, asked Jesus Christ to be a Savior this last year during your Good News Club. I just want you to know as a grandparent how excited I am, because when I was a kid, I accepted Jesus as my Savior in a Good News Club. Thank you. Keep on doing the good work. Man, that's exciting. And uh, we had an opportunity to build relationships in the community and to invest spiritual truth in the lives of families that we would not have reached through the educational ministry at our church facility. But we were able to take Christian education on the road. And... uh, You can do it in six-week increments. We chose 26 weeks. We were in the public school for 26 weeks. We put together a team. I think at one point we had about nine people. And uh, man, it was just a lot of fun. So as Christians, we have a biblical mandate to educate in our homes and in our churches. And this is where it starts. So Christian parents or church members acting either individually or together in concert can form a Christian school. You heard that we did that in 1977, and that mission continues today. But to deny Christian parents their choice or means in carrying out the biblical mandate for Christian education, then really is to deny the exercise of their parental and religious convictions. And um, so the education of their children is the prerogative of the parents not of the state. Now, really quick, and I don't want to discourage you, but here's where I say it's not the wisest choice right now to have children in state schools uh, because they're usurping parental rights. Um, There's indoctrination that's going down to the kindergarten level. Um, Nationally, there was a group um, on this social media platform called TikTok, and they were the libs of TikTok, and they were boasting and bragging about shoving, these are teachers, 
that were shoving their indoctrination down the minds of kindergartners, their political sexual indoctrination. Um, that is allowed in the state of California. The Healthy Youth Act of 2015 in, includes graphic instruction and morally objectionable ideas and behaviors. Now, the law has in there a deference to the parents, but you know what? There's ambiguity as to whether you can actually opt your children out of sexual orientation teaching. And many schools never notify the parents that that kind of instruction is taking place. We saw all kinds of issues during the COVID-19 instance. But here's another bill that became law in California. It was Assembly Bill 1184. It prohibits insurance companies from revealing to the policyholder, meaning AKA, revealing to the parents what kind of sensitive, and this is the term in the bill, sensitive services students have received without parental knowledge. These services can include hormone therapy, abortion, um, all kinds of things that just take place. I, I won't go into the graphic detail that was in the article. It made my stomach turn. But this is all taking place in, in California these days. And um, so, yeah, I mean, the parents can actually pay for this, and the public school can take your kid off campus, take them to a doctor, um, all kinds of um, psychological services and physical things can be done to your kid, and you don't even know, but you pay the bill for it. Just comes to you on your medical bill as sensitive services were paid for. And when you go to the school, they don't have to tell you. So these are things that are usurping parental rights. All right, now here's the good news. How can you be involved? Number one, pray. So a few weeks ago, as we met uh, pastor and deacon working together as co-laborers, we want to encourage prayer in our church. And one of the ministries that we want to encourage is uh, prayer for our Christian school. So today after the service, we would encourage five of you just to either come forward or go off in a classroom. But five of you get together and pray for our Christian school. Here are some things that we need right now. There, there is a, a really... The school has grown. When I came here uh, four and a half years ago, there were 39 kids. Now, at Christmas, we had reached over 100 in enrollment. So it's growing like crazy. There are parents that are waking up and seeing what's going on. Um, there's really, I think, more of a demand out there that we can meet right now. What we need is qualified teachers. So that's a major prayer request. So we get you together to pray for that. Uh, pray for the, the health, the energy, the wisdom of the teachers. Pray for the spiritual growth of the children. So I'm sure if you were to talk to Rick, he would say, okay, pray for this, that, that, and that. He's probably got 20 things you can pray for. So prayer. Uh, relationship building. Folks, this is crucial, and this is why you can't escape Christian education. Relationships are gold. Every single one of you that's in this room today, I want to build that relationship with you individually. I do. I love to spend time as the shepherd with the sheep. But I'm encouraging you, be involved in Calvary Christian School 
You don't even have to be a parent. And you can show up to the parent-teacher fellowship. Some of you have reared your kids. They're gone out on their own. They're loving the Lord. You're the kind of parent that we want as a positive role model to the parents that have enrolled their children in our school. Some of them need that guidance. They need that help more than you can ever know. I wrote an article uh, about a year and a half ago and put it in the newsletter on just what should parents expect from their kids. And uh, I said, parents should expect obedience and obedience right away. And I had a parent come up to me and talk to me about that article. And they said, Pastor, thank you for writing that article. I didn't know that I should expect that from my children. It's like, well, now you do. All right? So we need you to invest. These relationships are gold. So show up on that Thursday night. Um, some of you have professional skills. Um, business. Um, think about what your professional skills are. Uh, They don't have to be white-collar. They can be blue-collar. The trades are very important. I mean, one of the the school parents, he put in these lights, um, and another parent uh, put up the lights in the foyer. Um, Another parent uh, replaced the gas lines out front. Now, we offer to pay them first, and sometimes they accept the payment. Sometimes they like to donate their services. Um, But... They're very key to our ministry. But you have professional skills. You could come in and just share it with the kids. Um, Maybe it's something that would take a little bit more time. But coordinate with Rick. He'd love to have you come in and invest that professional ability. Explain what you do for a living. Share that with the students. Encourage them. Let them know that Christians can actually do certain professions. Be involved in that way. Here's another one. Teach. Teachers get sick. They need substitutes. We need substitute teachers. If you have uh, gifts of teaching um, and you can teach, talk to Rick. Uh, Maybe you're here today and maybe you're credentialed by the state of California and you're not teaching or maybe you're pursuing teaching credentials. Uh, We would love to have you as a church member be one of the teachers in our school. You take the initiative and come to us. Um, But teach in Sunday school. Be a substitute Sunday school teacher. Christian education can be in reaching the kids in your neighborhood this year. This summer, we would like to do backyard Bible clubs where a home in a neighborhood that has kids, maybe you don't even have to have kids, maybe you can partner with another family in the church that has kids, but you've got kids in your neighborhood and you can invite them to come and A teacher from the church will come and teach gospel Bible messages to the children. So be involved in teaching. A supply drive. You know, we were talking earlier, some of the parents are on scholarship. It's hard for parents to buy school supplies. So maybe you can initiate that. Maybe you can put together, uh, as school gets enrolled in the fall, uh, the school supplies for the families in in our school. Glue sticks, scissors, crayons, pencils, you know, protractors. How about nice little mathematical calculators, right? All those wonderful things. So there's all kinds of ways that you can be involved in the mentoring of these Christian parents, right? So what I want you to walk away from here today, the big idea is be involved in Christian education. 
starts in your home, continues in your church, and it definitely has taken shape in Calvary Christian School. But we want to partner with you. Maybe you're going to say, yes, Pastor, I want to start a Bible club in my public school. I'd be glad to partner with you in that. Maybe you want to be a substitute teacher in Sunday school. I'd be glad to mentor you, help you. Uh, but teach in your home. Be involved in Christian education. It is the biblical mandate for the church. Be a teaching church. Be a teaching home. Teach your children about God, to know God personally. So be